It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Okay, so good evening, good evening, good evening. I am Sheba with the Divas That Care Network, and my particular podcast is called Sheba Shares. And basically, I have the opportunity, the honor, the privilege, oh my goodness, to interview amazing women who are sharing this space of leadership um that's sharing this space of awesomeness i don't know if that's a word but <laughs> they're doing amazing things not only in their fam with their families and their communities um in their social spaces and so i just decided just to call some women and um you know have them come and connect with women just to share this space in this time to just hear more about what they're doing um and of course if there's any way in which we're able to connect the dots, this, this is really what my whole purpose and vision of Sheba Shares is, is to connect the dots. If there's something that's in my life, which I consider to be a missing puzzle, I'm hoping <laughs> that someone else can, you know, give me the piece to make my puzzle complete. And then we'll just kind of have this, uh, what do you call it? Like this, this flow, if I can say, or this community or this tribe or this sisterhood. So I have the awesome privilege of having Miss Michelle here. Um, now you're hearing our voices, but we have the awesome privilege of looking at each other's beautiful faces <laughs> and beautiful smiles. And so again, I just wanted to thank you so much, Michelle, for being on Sheba Shares. Um, this is just, um, I mean, I feel energized just for the mere fact of having you here um, with me. So if you want, you can just take a few moments to introduce yourself. Great, thank you so much, Shiva. It's my pleasure. And, you know, I'm, as a mama of two, um, I'm just admiring you and honoring you right now um, with thank everything you. you've got going on, um, your beautiful children, and, and having this conversation. So, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Michelle Hersaik Nasseth, and I'm the founder of I'm a Feminine Leader. And I'm a feminine leadership coach and consultant. And I help women discover, align with, and integrate their purpose into a lifestyle and career that works for them. So, um, you know, I work with entrepreneurs, with business leaders, stay-at-home moms, working parents, to help them discover the power of their leadership. So they can wow, that is so amazing. Now, I know we, you know, we were talking a little bit before, and I was looking at your website, and I mean, just, I mean, I was literally speechless, honestly. I was inspired. I admired you. <laughs> I'm thinking like, I want to do this on my website and I need to, you know, do this. It was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, one of the main questions, you know, that I thought about was how did you get into this work? How did, what, what was your aha moment, so to speak? Yeah, well, thank you so much. I, you know, it means a lot to me when I hear feedback like that, because when you create something online, um, you never fully understand how it impacts people until you can have that connection with someone. So thank you so much. Um, but yes, I, 
I was inspired to to start this business when I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that for a lot of moms out there, you know, you can relate to, you know, like being a stay-at-home mom is hard. Yes. And have, <laughs> I mean, it's not just sunshine and rainbows. I mean, for, for a lot of women, um, you know, we have postpartum depression, we're dealing with anxiety, with burnout. Um, and and I think that for a lot of us as well, um, feeling kind of stuck in this vicious circle of trying to aspire to what the ideal mom is, um, mm. is also something that's very draining on us emotionally and physically. And so when, when I was feeling ready to transition back to the workforce, I started looking for work. I kind of was feeling like, okay, I'm just going to bounce back to what I was doing before, not fully recognizing or honoring the transformation that it occurred when I became a parent. Yes. And, and so in that process, I struggled because I was trying to fit into who Michelle was, but not honoring who I was, who I am in that moment. And there was a misalignment there. So I, I struggled for two years trying to look for work. And, and a lot of that misalignment was because I wasn't allowing myself to transform. I wasn't allowing myself to evolve because I was still attached to who I used to be and I wanted to be her again. Wow. So when I, after two years of, of you know, wearing the mask, trying to get hired, going through so many failed interviews and, and failed transitions, um, I finally did get hired by a company that I, I really wanted to work for. And, and the reasons I wanted to work for that company because it was stable, it had a strong reputation in the community. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of ticked all the boxes of what everybody else thought was a job. Um, but deep in my heart, I was not fully passionate about the job. I was not totally excited, but I was just so tired too. I was like, when is this going to end? Why is this so hard? Wow. You know, and I, I convinced myself, I was like, okay, you know what? I can do this. I can, I can just go back to work and I can keep looking. You know, I convinced myself of that, even though my heart and soul wasn't fully in it. Mm -hmm. and literally two days before my job was supposed to start, Canada announced the pandemic. My employer canceled my position. And I was basically at square one again, jobless. And, and then the weight of those stigmas and stereotypes that I've been carrying about what stay-at-home moms are, what going back to work as a working mom was, it just, the weight became even heavier because I was thinking, oh my goodness, like how, how am I going to transition now, you know, in a pandemic? Like, how am I going to make this transition and feel purposeful and intentional? So I had a lot of reflection and inner work that I needed to do in order to identify what my leadership was at that stage of life. And, and so that process, that introspective work, that coming home to myself, that took over a year of, of intense reflection. And now I'm taking that learning, that lived experience, and I'm sharing it with others because I know that so many people are going through the same thing and need support and community to support them in their transitions. You know, that's, that's amazing, honestly, that you said that. Um, because just as we were preparing, right, we was having a mom-to-mom, -mom, <laughs> a heart-to-heart, you know, moment. 
um, as it relates to uh, transitions, change, um, you know, and just having multiple things moving literally at the same time, <laughs> you know? And I mean, if I was to even reflect on my own experience, um, I have twins right here with me who are right sitting on my lap and I'm rocking and kissing and feeding snacks and things like that. But, you know, when I had to just buckle down, and the reason why I say that is because I didn't want to accept the fact that I had to go back to work. I don't, it took me, and I don't think I still have accepted it, to be honest with you. Um, and I did, I did experience that anxiety, <laughs> you know, um, um, because, you know, I have, I do have an older son and he's 10 years old. And I mean, think about it, a 10 year difference. That is a decade. That's a lot. I mean, even from the, 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 um, the, what do you call it? Like toys and the baby quote unquote things is totally different. It's like, I became a new mother again, you know, and, and just because of how life just changed and moved, it's a different dynamic. It's a different situation. And so the only reason why I say all of that is to say that I relate with what you're saying so much. I mean, it took me, I mean, weeks and months and I kept talking to myself, Shiva, you know, what are you going to wait for the last minute? <laughs> but it's because I'm thinking, like you said, you know, I, you have this plan in your, your mind and you want things to go a certain way. And when they don't go that way, you know, you have, you have a decision to make, you know, because every, every thing begins with a decision, every action, every outcome, you know, you first have to decide and choose in your mind, um, you know, and so I, I, oh my goodness, I relate so much <laughs> with what you said. And that's one of the reasons why you know, this, this interview, not only is it important to me, to be honest with you, because I think it all should start with me first. And then we can, as you're doing with your work, then you share it with others who um, need it. One of the things that you mentioned a minute ago is as far as leadership style. And so what does that mean? If a listener is, you know, listening to the first time, what does that mean? And do you think that there's a difference between leadership style and leadership philosophy? And if so, you know, just expounding your thoughts. Absolutely. I, and I love that. I love that question so much because I think that for so many of us, there is this very um, skewed perspective of what leadership is. You know, yes. we've been conditioned and we've been told and we've been taught what leadership is, but it doesn't it doesn't honor or express or acknowledge the full spectrum of the human experience, in my, in my opinion. Wow, so, I agree. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that right now there is a gap between what leadership philosophy is and what real leadership is. Right. And so what I work through with clients is helping and educating women about the uniqueness of their leadership, the elements of it. And I, so I believe that Every human being, man or woman, you know, possesses a life force energy. And this life force energy comprises of masculine energy and feminine energy. And, and so when I'm using the language masculine and feminine, I'm not referring to gender archetypes. I'm referring to two points on a spectrum. And those two points are very different and unique from each other. But we use the, the term masculine and feminine as a way to identify where we are in the spectrum. I agree. So again, you know, for all the listeners, I'm not referring to gender archetypes. 
Leadership, in my opinion, is non-binary. It is a non-binary spectrum, and, mm-hmm. and every human being possesses masculine and feminine leadership qualities. And so when we are in a hyper-masculine state, which is, you know, super linear, project and productivity focused, um, very systems orientated, very rigid, um, that can manifest itself negatively in our lives. That can look, show up as workaholism, as burnout, as um, not being open-minded, mm-hmm. um, being overly critical, okay? So, you know, those are like the negative manifestations of masculine energy, but the very positive manifestations are focus and grounding and systems and, and processes that help us stay organized. Right. Okay, so positive and there's negatives with with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the feminine. When we're in our when we're too much in our feminine, we can be very disorganized and disoriented. We can be kind of emotional and just feel, you know, dissociated. We can just be not feel grounded, really, you know. And and that is where, you know, we can it can manifest itself negatively in our life. But the really positive attributes of feminine energy is that it's extremely nurturing, it's sustaining, it is very loving, and it is open and inclusive, okay? Mm -hmm. So the masculine and the feminine need each other. And when they're in balance, that is when our impact is the strongest, that's when our life force is the strongest. And so as a stay-at-home mom, this was the awareness that I had, was that my life force was off balance. And that was manifesting as mental health, as anxiety. I had an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just, all of these really terrible things started happening and I couldn't explain it until I came to that awareness that my life force was up. And it was only when I started to nurture my feminine energy did I realize that that was the missing piece, hyper-masculine state. And I needed to bring my feminine back in to nurture and sustain my life force. So, you know, one thing that I say to moms, um, because it was my lived experience, was that, you know, we can't help ourselves. You know, there, we have a lot of pressure on our shoulders. And, and, and men equally have a lot of pressure as well to stay in these hyper-masculine states because that's the way that systems and, and work everything are structured. Our patriarchal society influences that. So we have to, it's not just as simple as, you know, coming into presence and, and um, calming the mind and, and doing that work. We have to also, as a collective, we need to address these imbalances in the systems around us so that everybody can have the opportunity to align with their life force and, and identify with their leadership. Wow. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I would just say yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, absolutely. You know, just thinking and reflecting on what you just said as it relates to leadership style and, you know, coming to this discovery, you know, um, just in my own scope of work, right? And attending several workshops and hearing about leadership and, um, you know, different types of leadership, servant leaders, and, you know, many different forms of leadership. And then, of course, you, you know, there's certain questionnaires, right? There's certain questionnaires to, for someone to find out, like, you know, they'll you answer these um, 
list of questions. And then if you're in the blue category, that means you're this, and if you're in the orange category, and you know, so forth and so on. Um, with with that being said, in order for you or any person, right, a listener, myself, to come to this self discovery, what are some practical, you know? Are, are there any practical tools? I don't wanna to say tools, but you know, are there any practical either tools, practical um, practices to allow someone to come to, you know, to, the, to their leadership style? Like for instance, some of your clients, um, is that something they do on their own or do they kind of go through this metamorphosis a part of your program or your work or, I mean, um, does that make, does that question, am I, am yes. I okay, I just wanna make sure, okay, no problem. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I have a mentorship program and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients about this. And, and the discovery element of the journey is, is rediscovering your inner child. Because oh. I, what I believe is that, is that we, every human being has natural abilities that turn into capabilities. Okay. Like and that. so our... I our natural abilities are the feminine expression of our leadership and the capabilities are the masculine expression. Okay? okay. And so when we reconnect with our inner child, we're nurturing our feminine because we're, we're when we are children and you, you're a mom, so you know this. Yes. Okay? Uh -huh. so and children, children are the embodiment of authenticity. Okay. I, they mm -hmm. express themselves unapologetically. They are unfiltered their perception of the world is completely raw and real and and they don't hold back okay so it's only as we grow older and we start to learn integrate society that we start to to change and to become conditioned to the beliefs and the values around us right so i i go through the process of reconnecting with the inner child because that exercise brings a person back to their authenticity because i truly believe that our natural abilities in leadership are always with us no matter what you know you are the same type of leader that you were when you were seven you have the same abilities when you're 40 when you're 60 and 100 and that can never be taken away from you it's just a part of who you are it's your essence and how we transform those abilities capabilities being a leader is is a evolutionary process. As a child, led was by you know having friends and and you know bringing everybody together, and then that as we grow older, it manifests into team leadership in the workplace or in our community. So the capabilities are really the functional application of our ability. Okay. And, and so when we reconnect with a child and we identify what those natural abilities are, is when we can start to understand where we can apply and, and be a leader in our communities and, and in our lives. So one exercise is to, is to spend time reflecting on all of it, to think about the things you did naturally well, to... Um, think about the things you were really passionate about, that you were curious about. Um, what were you known for? What did you get into trouble for? You know, that's a really common one. It's like, what were you getting in trouble for as a child? Because 
those moments in time are indicators of when we are leading and also disrupting, right? Because when we're disrupting, that's when the outside influence comes in and starts to condition us away. So for an example, a personal example of mine is um, I used to get in trouble a lot for not following the rules. Like I would, if I was in a classroom or if I was doing something, I would just find my own way to do it. <laughs> and, and most of the time, I didn't like the instructions that were given to me, but I was able to find a way to do, like to come to the same outcome, right? And so as a child, being constantly told, no, you have to do it this way. You have to follow the steps. You have to show me that you can do it this way. That eventually over time eroded my self-confidence and it made me question my, my abilities. And it also prevented me from expressing myself a lot of the time. It just suppressed my creativity. So as an adult, you know, I, I didn't progress in my career as quickly as some other individuals because I, I didn't feel confident in myself. And I also struggled a lot with just trusting myself, trusting my intuition, because I was told so much, so much as a child that, no, you're wrong for doing it that way. No, that's not the right way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's just an example. It's a small example, but it made a big impact in my life. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so we have, so examining the inner child, reconnecting with the inner child is such a powerful exercise. And there's so many ways that we do that with clients. It's really unique to each person, but those are some very simple reflections that you can do on your own. Um, well, I mean, that, that was, that was, that was powerful. Um, because I see so much of myself in that example, that very thing, um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say I got in trouble per se, but I've always felt I'm misunderstood. People don't understand me, you know, and um, even as you mentioned, as far as suppressing your creativity, uh, because I, I mean, I just I'm relating <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the listeners are they're probably like, that's me too, Michelle, that's me, <laughs> that's me too, you know. And so um, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I wanted to, um, you know, just talk, touch base a little bit on your I am affirmations, because I know that's a huge part of your day. <laughs> and so just share, you know, about your share, just share from your, share. what is I am? What are I am affirmations? Um, how to, how do you, how did you come to this place of using them? How has it impacted your, you know, your day, yourself, but then also your day? Um, and maybe share some with us. <laughs> How can we, you know, use practical, these practical um, tips in our everyday lives? Sure. And, you know, I am affirmations. I feel like kind of get, um, there's a lot of misinterpretation about, the, how to use I am affirmations because some people believe that they are aspirational. So when you're saying I am courageous, you know, you, it, there's like this belief that if, even if you don't fundamentally believe it in your heart, if you say it enough times, then you'll begin to believe it. And there is, I mean, there is some science to back it up to say that, you know, the, the thoughts that you manifest in your mind you know, do allow you to reprogram your mindset to mm -hmm. it creates what they call neuroplasticity. So you can 
program mindset. Um, but I, I guess my personal opinion is with I am affirmations is that because it is if a expression of your soul, it's an expression of your life force that we, that I personally don't like to force I am affirmations on myself or on my clients. So my recommendation is that if you're going to, if you want to integrate I am affirmations into your day and make a practice of it, the first thing to do is to allow yourself to come into presence and, and to just find a space that is quiet, that is private, where you're not going to be interrupted. And it doesn't have to be for a long time. It could be for as short as five minutes. Okay. And for a mom, that might be locking the bathroom door and sitting on the toilet, like literally, because <laughs> that's what I used to do. Literally. Um, I used to like put my baby in the playpen and then I would go in the bathroom, lock the door so my toddler can come in and I would do my affirmations sitting on the toilet, literally. Um, I'm telling you, it, it's this, this is the creative space that we're <laughs> yes. yes. But, you know, when we, when we allow ourselves to come into presence, we're breathing, we're sensitizing ourselves to our body. So one thing that you can do is you can sit or you can lie down and you can just rub your fingertips. You can close your eyes, but don't press them closed. Like just be very gentle with yourself and sensitize yourself to the sensation of your body. Come into your body. And if you're breathing and you're feeling resistance, don't fight it. Just breathe into it. Keep breathing. You know, don't judge it. And, and you can say, I am. I am, I am to yourself. And if an affirmation comes to you, say it. Because mm -hmm. that affirmation is meant for you. Okay. For that present and, moment. Yes. Wow. So, you know, it's, and that is how all of my affirmations come to me. They all, I all allow them to flow naturally through me. And, and that is just my personal belief. If, if you want to um, use an affirmation that you've contemplated before, like I am courageous, I am loving, I am worthy. Those are all really powerful affirmations, but it's, it is so beautiful and it's so intimate when you allow it to flow through you in the moment. So you can have those affirmations in your mind, but when you're in meditation, when you're doing that for yourself, even for five minutes, just saying, I am, I am, I am, until that word comes to you is really powerful because that's your soul talking to you. And, and that's what I feel is the most powerful part of the practice is allowing your soul to speak because we spend so much time talking all day. We talk to our friends, we talk to our kids, we talk to everybody. Sometimes we even talk to ourselves, yes. right? Do we ever truly listen? Are we listening? Right. So in those moments, you know, using the I am as like a prompt, as an invitation for your soul to speak, it will come and it may take practice. It may take a few times of doing it before it comes. But when it does, you're going to feel it. And, and if you cry, if you feel emotional, that's OK. That's your soul expressing. So just feel it and be with that and know that that affirmation is yours. Wow. And then, and then when 
you know, you're, as you develop your practice and, and you become, maybe you can do it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long that feels good to you, then maybe more than one affirmation will come to you. I've had entire, honestly, I've had entire poems come to me in meditation, you know, that I've written down after. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be connected to the soul. And that's really what the I am affirmations are for me is that it is your soul speaking. It's your soul's expression of your leadership. And it is the driving force for change. So don't force it. Just let it be and let it flow. You know, I, I, that's, that's amazing because um, how you've explained it, this is the first time I've heard it this way. You know, there's a lot of, like you said, preconceived thoughts and your, your brain is filled with all of these things that, as you said before, if I, if I repeat, if I repeat it, it will then become a reality as compared to, like you said, just allowing your mind to be quiet, your heart, your spirit, your soul, everything to be quiet. And when it does come to you, then because it's coming from your soul, then you know, that's really what you need in the moment. So for instance, let's, I'm just, you know, just saying, so let's say I come and I'm I am determined, right? You know, fine. Anyone would naturally, you know, be determined. But in that moment, as I sit quiet, I might say, I am peace. You, you, you know, because that's maybe what I needed in that. That I'm telling you, that lips, that even just changed me in this very moment hearing you say that. So thank you so much for that. Um, and then speaking about soul and, you know, soul work and um, passion and purpose and, um, those those types of areas what cause is near and dear to you yeah, you know how do you get involved in this cause i know you and, and, and glow just the name of it had me very excited so i wanted to you know hear about what what is what is this about share it with the listeners and maybe they can get involved as well yeah thank you so much for letting me share because um i i am I love supporting my causes. They're near and dear to my heart. And the one that I'm supporting right now is called Global Glow. So they're a nonprofit based out of California and they provide education, out of school programming and out of school care for young girls and teens in under, underserved communities and for minority groups and um, children in poverty. So they have glow clubs in the United States. They have a large presence in Africa. They're all over the world, but their mission is to promote girls' education and empowerment. So um, if you go to their website, you can donate You for as little as little, like $5. I always post on LinkedIn, like swap your latte for, you know, a year's worth of textbooks for a girl in Uganda. I'm telling you. Know? you. Mm -hmm. It's literally like $5 will buy the textbooks that a girl needs in Uganda for the year, you wow. know, mm -hmm. um, and these programs are focused on sexual education, DE&I, so diversity, equity, inclusion, um, problem solving, critical thinking, community service, um, self-promotion and advocacy. Um, you know, it's, it's a very holistic program for girls. And, um, and I'm working really hard right now to bring one to Puerto Rico um, because I want my girls to be in a global club. But if we are not successful here, if there's any listeners that are from Puerto Rico and you have a desire to help, please reach out to me. Um, there are many global clubs in the United States. So I encourage you to go to the website and look and find a club close to you. Wow. I'm, 
I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going, I, I, I mean, it really caught my, of course, you know, it really, I was like, whoa, this is, a, this is amazing. Um, and definitely something. So as you said, reach out to you. How can the listeners find you? How can they find Michelle <laughs> if they wanted to reach out and connect with you? So you can go to my website. It is www.iamafeminineleader.com. And you can send me an email for the rep through the website. You can also connect with me on web, on LinkedIn. So it's Michelle Hersayek Massive on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Instagram. It's Michelle underscore Hersayek Massive. And of course, all my social links are on the website. So you can connect with me there as well. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really passionate about supporting women's causes girls causes girls education women's rights and of course with it being international women's month i'm on fire because there's so many amazing things happening um so i i invite any of the listeners who are passionate about those causes and want to learn more you can reach out to me as well excellent and when you said that my daughter just started smiling <laughs> He's all for it. Like, this is our month. This is our month. So that's amazing. And so the, the last, just to kind of wrap it up, one of the other um, thoughts, what are some, you know, upcoming events or, or uh, projects or anything that the listeners that you have going on that maybe they can plug into or sign up for any, you know, things that you want to share with everyone? Yes, absolutely. So um, on my website, I have a community events page. And all of my events are free because my events are designed to educate and to also give women opportunities to network and expand their professional and personal networks. So the events are free and I do workshops on leadership, on business development, um, partner and corporate relations for entrepreneurs. And, um, and also just fun networking events. I had an, have an event called Leaders Cafe, which is kind of starting to grow and build momentum. Wow. And I'm also a facilitator for I Am Remarkable, which is a Google initiative that is um, about educating people in the workforce about how to um, do self-promotion and to also become aware and attuned to DEI strategies and policies in the workforce. So um, as a, I am a remarkable facilitator, I work with corporations and private groups to do workshops and all of my events that are on the calendar can be booked privately as well if you can't make an, an event that's listed. Wow, this is Michelle. It was such a privilege. Oh my goodness, an honor. I mean, one thing that I didn't, but you know, they usually say, Chiba, plug this in, you know, whatever that's supposed to mean. But um, today's actually four years for my business and brand. And um, even though it started well before four years ago, but when I had my first event and I said, this would be Sheba's birthday, it is today. And so it's just amazing how, how the pieces of the puzzle <laughs> begin to come together and to make a whole. And so I'm so grateful just to have you for, um, you know, to speak to you, to share, to hear your mind, your heart, your soul um, on this very special day of mine personally. And so thank you so much, so much for just spending this time with me. Um, and of course, hopefully we'll have another interview when you have more things happening 
and or you come to visit New York. Yeah. Yeah. Now I now I have now I have um, someone to take to go take me to, to coffee or something. <laughs> well, if you want to go to Times Square, wherever you want to go, <laughs> if you want anywhere you want to go, you have to write the list, and we're gonna check it off literally. So that is so amazing. But thank you so much again for your time. I'm Sheba. Um, with Sheba Shares from the Divas That Care Network. Um, and I'm just so thankful for every, every listener. Just make sure you plug in, you tune in to all of not only my podcast, but all of the amazing women that's doing great things. It's so important that we utilize each other to get our voices to be heard. So thank you so much again and tune in next time. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.